Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Today, week two is, a, is called Hearing God's Voice. Hearing God's Voice. Hearing God's Voice. Who wants to hear God's voice? Anybody not want to hear God's voice? Oh, we've got some people putting up two hands. I don't want to hear God's voice. Okay. You all want to hear God's voice. But, you know, we live in this world of distractions, right? It's a world of distractions. Uh, we've got, we got, I mean, we live in a noisy, I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in a noisy city, Right? It's just a noisy city. I, I bought, I made an investment. Well, actually, someone made an investment in me and, and bought me a beautiful set of noise-canceling headphones. Oh, my gosh. They are the best when you're trying to work in the city. Uh, just out the front here, they, I don't know if you know next door, there's that big travel thing where you get your visas if you need a Europe visa and all of that sort of stuff. But they have these guards out the front that are very vigilant about making sure that nobody parks here. A lot of people park there. So, but there's this one guard that they have, and all he does is blow his... Well, man, what is it with security guards and whistles here? They're on the power trip with their whistle. Like, it's like, I've got a whistle and nobody's going to stop me. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's unstoppable whistleblowers, right? Uh, there's one of them down there. If, if someone parks in that lane, in front of my office, it's like... <laughs> we live in a world of distractions. And uh, those noise-canceling headphones are helpful for that. We, 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 we live... We live in a place where there's just ads in our face all the time. No matter where you look, there's something, there's ads, there's writing or something somewhere. You might be on, you know, God might speak to you, but there'll be something somewhere that's just trying to grab your attention. You know, uh, we, we, we live in a world of social media. And the crazy thing about social media, as you know, um, or if you're going to work out, if you start using it, is it, it's built to play on your addictive nature, right? We all have one. We all have a nature that's like, uh, that's, uh, it's, it's, re it's reward, it's reward driven. So, so what these, these apps do is they, they reward you by giving you what you want. So you're like, oh, give me more. Two hours later, we're like distracted, distracted, distracted. And then, and then two hours later, we're like, I hate myself. Why am I on this? You know what I'm talking about, right? Has that ever happened to you? You're like, gotta stop scrolling. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, snap out of it. Some of you are like, oh, the pastor gets that? Okay, maybe I'll, I might admit that that happens to me too, right? Happens to us all because those apps are built to do that. You know that, right? They're, they're, they're dangerous like that. Uh, and, and, and what we could talk about the hearing the voice of God, but we're, we're not aware of the things that are out there to, to, to pull us away from the voice of God. We may as well not open up the Bible. We've got to be aware that we have to be intentional to hear the voice of God, right? There's a lot of noise. The other, the other area that I find that can, that can cause a person to, to just not be able to hear the voice of God is, 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 is work, man. Who knows that it's a busy life here? I mean, when, when, you, when you're called to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and you come to church on Sunday and you know, the pastor's talking about hearing the voice of God, you're like, all I hear is the voice of my boss telling me what I haven't done yet. <laughs> right? Yeah, man, I know what that's like, but God's with you. He's with you. He's there. 
And no matter what, how your lifestyle is right now, no matter how, what your responsibilities and what that does to your time and how distracted you are, let me tell you something, God is with you. You have the Holy Spirit when you invite Him into your life. When you invite Jesus in, He is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what the cross is all about, God being with us. The last, the last thing that I think can stop a person from, from hearing the voice of God is uh, simply, I just don't know how. I, I would like to hear the voice of God, but just give me the, uh, the formula. Is there a formula? Is there something I can do in order to hear God's voice? Do I need to put my head like this? Or do I need to, do I need to put my hand here? Do I need to put my hands in here? What do I need to do? Is it a position I stand in for six hours? No, no. It's like, nope, you're just standing there for six hours. That's all you're doing, right? There's no formula to hearing God. There is not. But Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28. He said, my, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, let's just think about this for a moment. Sheep. Sheep. Why didn't he say my people? Why didn't he say, you know, my amazing beings? Why, why did he say sheep? Like a, of all the references Jesus could have made, at that point in time he said sheep. Anybody think of themselves as a sheep? We don't think of ourselves as, as, as of all the animals, you know, I, I would have preferred as uh, Jesus to say, you know, my lions hear my voice, right? Or my eagles, my eagles, they hear my voice. Or my bears, okay? My bears hear my voice. Or I don't know. My sheep. Why sheep? You know, a sheep... You've got to understand a bit something about a sheep. A sheep is predisposed to be led. A sheep is in trouble if it's out there on by itself trying to lead itself because it's going to get eaten by a wolf. It's going to get trampled on. Sheep, aren't, sheep, sheep are funny animals, okay? And I'm not saying that we're funny humans, but I do see some parallels with, with sheep and myself. I get really lost without leadership. I get really lost when I don't know what to do. Ever felt that feeling? It's like, I just don't know what to do right now. And uh, in Australia, uh, uh, in Australia, we, we have a lot of sheep. In fact, I think it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not unlikely that there's more sheep in Australia than people, okay? There's a lot of sheep in Australia. There's 20 million people. There's more sheep. There's probably double or triple the amount of sheep. Sheep, when they get lost and when they get away from the flock and when they get away from their leader, they do funny things. They do funny things. They get a little bit crazy. I, I remember when I was a kid, I saw a sheep that had, they, we had this fence, you know, and uh, we were at a farm and they had a, we, they had a fence and it had tried to eat the things on the other side of the fence. 
and it had put its head through the fence but couldn't get it back out again. Through the fence but couldn't get it, so it's just stuck there trying to get its head out and it needed a shepherd or a carer to come and pull that thing out, cut the fence, pull it out and help it. Otherwise, that thing would have just died. We, we, we do that. We're like, I want that. And God's like, no, 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 don't do it. I want that. No, it's not good for you. I want that. Like, now you've got your head stuck in a fence, haven't you? <laughs> but Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice. You know, this is Jesus speaking. He is our shepherd. You know what a shepherd does? He feeds, leads, and cleans his flock. We need this. A shepherd feeds, leads, and cleans his flock. But we as his sheep, we have to realize that the way our relationship works with God is not us trying to impose on God what we want, because we don't actually know what we want, really. We, you might think you know what you want, but you get into a situation where you're out of control, where things aren't going right, where things aren't quite going the way you thought they would. You won't know where, where to go. You won't know where to look. That's a moment where you will realize I'm a sheep and he is my shepherd. He is going to lead me. He is going to clean me. He is going to feed me. And when we understand that this is how the relationship is meant to work with our Father God, everything falls into place. A lot of people, they come into churches like this and they go, well, I need this and I need that and I need this to work out. Pastor, would you pray for me? I'll pray for them all day long. But I know something in the depth of my heart that I need every one of you to know. Until you are willing to submit and realize that you need a leader called God in your life, you'll never understand who God is. And you won't be able to hear his voice. Because you'll be too busy. Got to be like, I need, I need, I need, I need. And God is, just listen. Let me lead you. Let me lead you. So sheep are built to follow. Sheep are built to follow. God, Jesus made reference to us as sheep because he is using an animal that is built to follow. We need him. Now, who knows what we spoke about last week with Nehemiah, where he saw a problem, right? The problem was that the wall of his city, of his hometown was broken down. And, and, and that caused him to be stirred up, to be upset. He wept and he prayed. And in that, he surrendered. Then he, there was a stretch, right, where he had to stretch towards what God has, has for him, where he went and spoke to the king in boldness. And after that, he saw God's provision, okay? This was what we spoke about last week because this is why we're doing this We Build Together campaign. Right now, we have a problem. We need to move forward. But we as a church... As we, as we surrender, and then once we surrender, God calls us to stretch towards Him and stretch into the things that He's calling us to. He provides. But let me tell you something. If you don't know how to hear God's voice in all of this, this process of problem, surrender, stretch, provision is going to be really difficult to, for you because it's not about you. It's about where God is leading you to. 
You've got to hear God's voice. I need to know that you as a church are hearing God's voice. So let's talk about someone who heard God's voice. And what he heard was a little bit crazy. It was a little bit out there. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6, okay, verse 9 to 22. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, <laughs> anyway, uh, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the earth, all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you were to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening of one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens because every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male, female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you and be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. Now, if God told you this, would you do it? Or would you go and check yourself in to the sanitarium? Because I don't know about you, but this is a kind of crazy thing. Go and build yourself a boat. But God, not raining. Now I know it's raining here. Building an ark right now might be a good idea to get to church and get to work. But then it wasn't raining. It, 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 was, it didn't make sense to build a big boat. And if you read the story, I mean, people were making fun of him. They were, they were like making fun of him because like, why are you building a boat when there's no rain? And you know what his answer was? God told me to. But there's two things I want you to see. The first one is in verse 9 of chapter 6 where it says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. He walked faithfully with God. He walked faithfully with God. Let me just talk about walking faithfully with God. That word faithfully, when you look at that word, what it means is to flow with, to go behind, to follow. You see, before God could speak to Noah about the larger plan that God had for him, the big plan, Noah had to know how to flow with God. Noah had to know what it is to walk with God. When we are walking with God, this is how it works. He leads, we follow. 
He leads, we follow. You can trust this God. He's not going to lead you up, as we say in Australia, up the garden path. That means up nowhere. He leads us beside still waters. He leads us into rest. He leads us into green pastures. He leads us into places where we need to go. But let me tell you something. It's a big deal to give our will over to God and say, you lead, I follow. But until such time as you're uh, you're doing that, you're going to find it really difficult to hear the voice of God. And this is what Noah did. See, you've got to understand something. Noah was ready for the larger call. Noah was ready for the details. Noah was ready for what God was wanting to do through him because he knew what it was to walk faithfully with God. I want to talk to someone today that maybe you're waiting on some larger things to happen. Maybe you're waiting for some bigger things to happen. I want to just encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. Do one thing. Begin to get used to God leading and you following. Don't go for the big thing. Make this the big thing. Jesus, you lead, I follow. It's as simple as that. See, that's what led to Moses moving into the big hero moment. He built an ark. He spent a lot of time looking like an absolute donkey, though. Let me tell you something. He wasn't a hero. He was in the background. He was doing nothing. He was building this boat in a place where there's no water. But God had spoken to him and because he had learned, okay, I know what it is to hear the voice of God. And See, you have, to, you have to be predisposed to obedience when it comes to God. You want to hear his voice. You've got to understand something. You must be predisposed to obedience. Noah was predisposed to obedience. It says there in the end of it, it says in verse 22, it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Uh, Noah was already old by the time this happened. He had already spent a whole life of God developing his character to this moment. Maybe God's taking you through some things right now where he's teaching you where his voice is and where his voice isn't, where he's leading you and where you're not. As I said, just make it one thing. God... Wherever you tell me to go, I'm going. When we get into that place, that's where God can speak and He speaks clearly. Because we become a sheep. We begin to realize, hold on a second, it's not about me and my ambition and all of the things. I'm just going to come before the Lord and I'm going to say, God, wherever you call me, I'll go. You call me to Timbuktu, I'm there. Call me to Antarctica, Wherever you call me, God, I'll go. You call me to give up this church, I'll give it up, God. You call me to give up my career, God, I'll give it up. You call me to give up my ambitions, I'll give it up. See, see, this is where we, 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 we fear to tread in that area, right? We fear to tread there because we hold on to so much. And then we say, why isn't God speaking? Because you're not predisposed to obedience. You have to be predisposed to obey. Then he speaks. 
Noah did everything. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Why don't you quickly go over there and I'm going to finish on this thought. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Huh? I thought worship was just singing on Sunday morning with Mary Ann. Yes. But your true and proper worship is actually to give yourself as a sacrifice. You're going to find that worship is a whole other level with Mary Ann and Rohan when you begin to actually put yourself into a place where you are a living sacrifice, right? I mean, that's... Uh, anyway, to, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. First thing God calls us to here is to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that even mean? What can we bring to God except ourselves? You know, we, we, we think of God as we need to continually bring like an offering to Him. Well, what, what God is actually calling for, the God of, the, of, of Scripture is calling for, this Jesus, He's calling for you to be that sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice, not just a, you know, a, a block of some sort of mir- mineral or, you know, like a, but a living sacrifice. But there's a problem with living sacrifices. The problem with living sacrifices is they crawl off the altar. problem with living sacrifices, you didn't get what I said, they crawl off the altar. Have you ever felt yourself? I'm like, God, let me, let me, I'm going to do everything that you call me to. And it's like, hold on a second, but but, but, I don't love you that much. (laughs) Right? Not that much. And crawl off the altar. Now, a funny story that I have to, as I was thinking of this, to kind of give you a, uh, to to give you an idea of how this kind of works is is, uh, changing nappies with kids. Okay. Who's changed a nappy? Hands up. Okay. The rest of you? Oh my gosh. You've got something wonderful to look forward to. It's the most amazing point of your life, changing nappies. Everyone's like, what? What is he talking about? Changing nappies. Now, our little son, Elijah. One thing Elijah loved to do, you'd put him on the changing table. Or, I mean, that was an organized moment, the changing table. Sometimes, as you know, babies poo... Uh, where they shouldn't poo, so you're at the restaurant and it's like, oh, <laughs> there's a fruity smell in the air. Or sometimes it's in the car and on your way to Lenavla for your holiday and it's like, oh, I don't know if we can take it much longer. That smell is getting worse. It's time to change it. So you pull over on the highway. Now, Elijah, he had this thing where he would want to, you'd put him on his back, he'd want to go on his tummy. Okay? Now, okay, changing a nappy, pooey nappy, Poo-poos, okay, and you've taken the nappy off and that baby decides before you get to the cleaning part, I'm going on my tummy and I'm going to crawl, okay? And then I'm just going to roll on the, you know, I'm just going to turn back over. I'm like, hi, daddy, hi, mummy, I've got it going on. Like, no, 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 you know, because, I mean, after it's, it, it only happens once where baby gets away. Okay, with, with when you haven't finished the job, right? It only happens once. After that, what do you do? You're like, you stay there. Like, like I, I learned, no, there, was, there was times when Rachel and I were learning how to be mum and, mum and dad. I was like, we would both, Rachel, I'd be like holding Elijah by the arms. 
<laughs> and Rachel's like one hand on his belly and like trying to get that stupid nappy. And, uh, I'm going to get this. Stu-. And then the next thing is the whole wrestle of trying to get that. St- oh, those stupid stickers on those nappies, man. You're just like, oh, I'm trying to get in. The sticker comes off. You're like, no, the stickers are going to throw that nappy out and all of that sort of stuff. Baby just wants to do what it's going to do. So in the end, I've learned what it is to be daddy's strong hand right in the belly, right here. You are not moving. I'm staring you. Left hand, I got really good with my left hand because I'm not left-handed. <laughs> this is like us on the altar with God. It's like, okay, you're on the altar. I'm going to start to clean you up. I'm going to start to dress your wounds. I'm, starting, I'm going to start to help you out. I'm going to start to make you, make you into the person that I've called you to be. And then we're like, yeah, I, want to, I want to go on my belly. I want to do this. I want to do that, God. And he's like, the, the difference between me and God is that he lets you. See, you've got to bring yourself as that offering. You've got, you got to put yourself on the altar. That's, that's our part. Putting ourselves on the altar and saying, no, 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 hold on. No. I don't want this God, but here I am. That's the place where God begins to speak. That is being predisposed to obedience. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. God, this is all I can give you as me. And then it says there, there's the promise. Verse 2 of this scripture, it says, in, the, in part 2 of it, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, 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 after you've put yourself on the altar, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, you will be able to hear the voice of God. You see, Noah, when he began to build the ark, that was Noah putting himself on the altar. And saying, God, whatever you call me to, I'm doing it, man. I'm just doing it. Whatever you call me to, I'm doing it. We've got to be hearing the voice of God. You know, we've got to be hearing the voice of God for this church. This is not my church. This is your church. The reason we're doing the vision board, the reason why we build together is because this is your church and we need to be hearing God for it. I need you to be hearing God about what it is that you may give towards this whole campaign over and above your tithes. I need you to begin to pray about it. I need you to do that. We, we, we've got to do this together. We've got to take ground in this city. We're, we're taking this city. We're moving forward in this city. We are here to stay. This is the church where your kids are going to go to church. We're going to have an amazing children's church for them. Amen? We're here to stay. But it all starts with us hearing God. So we'll close with that. Be predisposed to obedience. Put yourself on the altar. Take time to seek the Lord. Take time. In, in this life, you're going to have to take time to hear God. You're going to have to put time aside. Put time aside. Just put it aside. Even if it's only 10 minutes put it aside, you'll find that God will begin to speak to you. The last thing that we need to do when we want to hear God 
is this. There's two things that God does. Two ways that God speaks. Through His Spirit and the Word. Okay? You have to understand this. Because I've seen a lot of people that want the spiritual side of things, but they want to have nothing to do with this because they believe that God is just going to speak to them in their heart and that's all they need. No, no, that's not how it works. He's given it, it's like a double-edged sword. Spirit, truth. Spirit, truth. Prayer and the Word. And, and, and this is, God is going to lead you through this. He is going to lead you through this. You've got to understand what's in here. It's not my job to tell you. You know that as your pastor? It's not my job to tell you what the Bible says. It's my job to encourage you to know it for yourself. I could very easily start a cult if I'm the only one that knows the Bible and everyone just tells me what, or I just tell everyone what they, what they should hear about the Bible. That's how all the cults have been started, okay? It's not what this is about. It's about you knowing the Word of God. You doing the hard yards and the Word, knowing it from back to front. It takes a lifetime. Takes a lifetime, takes a long time, takes a lot of repetition, takes a lot of reading, takes a lot of questions which you can bring and talk to each other in connect groups and all of that sort of stuff. But prayer and the word, put yourself on the altar, be ready. God will speak to you, but are you ready to obey? Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.